All right, today is the third in our series of 50 Baptists You Should Know. And uh, this morning, we want to take a look at uh, another look at the beginning of the Anabaptist movement and the three men who God would use to pave the way for so many others who would stand for the Lord in the coming years. Just a review as we go back and talk about the Protestant Reformation in Switzerland. It was led by a man named Ulrich Zwingli, and uh, he was a former Catholic priest, and his idea was to reform the, reform the Catholic Church. And three men in particular were drawn to his teachings uh, from across Switzerland, and um, they became kind of his followers. In 1519, one of the men, his name was Felix Manns, M-A-N-Z, he came to Zurich uh, to study under Zwingli. Now, Felix Mann, interesting background, he was the illegitimate son of a Catholic priest, and uh, he was, maybe because of that, or in some way because of that, he was given uh, the education that only the privileged classes could get. And so he was well-trained in Latin and Greek and, and Hebrew. And as a young Greek scholar, he came to study with these men to study the New Testament. And uh, actually, as they studied the New Testament, he was converted under the teachings of, uh, of Zwingli. And I really believe that at first... Uh, Zwingli uh, really gave himself entirely over to the scriptures. I think that um, I, sincere, I think he sincerely wanted to, you know, know the right thing and do the right thing. He would be compromised, but uh, I believe at first he he really wanted to follow the scripture and do the right thing. Now, just to talk a little bit about this is a day uh, that we don't understand, and I wanted to kind of touch on this again. But let's talk just a minute about Switzerland and, and what was going on there. But in, in Switzerland at this time, during the Reformation, as would be in some other countries like, like Germany, um, the state and the church were one. And this is something that's very hard for us to understand because we don't live in, in this type of uh, a culture. But uh, And for this concept to work, um, everybody had to become a member of the church. So when you were born, you became a member of the church. And, of course, uh, so babies were baptized and uh, they were immediately members of the church. And that was the only way this system would work, would be if, if the state, and, you know, as I said, uh, the state and church are one, and the, and, the, and the state and the church controlled every aspect of your life. And so this was important that this is why they had baby baptism, and one of the reasons was uh, so that you became a member of the state church as soon as you were born. And then to give you another piece of information, we'll talk about the city council of Zurich. And the city council of Zurich really... Um, was essentially the ruling body of the entire land. And so keep that in mind as we go through this. But Felix Manns, uh, he was uh, joined by two other young men, also newly saved. They were Conrad Grable and then another man named George Blaurock. And I think we have their pictures here. Uh, that's Felix Manns. And then um, Grable was interesting because he was the one of the group that was not a, Catholic, a former Catholic priest. He was actually born as a wealthy Swiss family, received a great, educa- great education, um, soon after, uh, he was married, he was saved, and he began to preach the gospel as a layman throughout the entire area. And soon he felt that God was calling him to, to preach the gospel. Uh, George Blaurock uh, was a highly educated Catholic priest, another young man, who was saved while studying the Bible on his own. Um, he must have been have already left the church, the Catholic church, when he came to Zurich because he was already married and uh, when he came to Zurich. But... Um, he came to study under Zwingli and to help reform the Catholic Church. This was the only thing they knew to do. They just didn't know 
another way to do it, but to reform the, the, the only existing the only existing church. So these men had high hopes for Zwingli and um, his reforms, and they really dedicated themselves to studying the Scripture and, um, and, and, and came, you know, their conclusion was the Scripture is the sole authority, and we will, we will only follow what's in the Scripture. Now, they soon realized that Zwingli had been compromised, and he was under a great deal of pressure to not follow the Scripture. Uh, the city council, um, Zwingli was kind of the leader uh, at that time, uh, the religious leader and the state leader in a sense, and and he uh, came under great pressure from the city council to really not follow the scripture. And these men soon found that if their loyalty was going to be with the scripture, they were on a collision course with Zwingli and the and the state church. These three men became very good friends as they stood for the right. Um, they became known as radicals. Uh, they were called radicals. They they called themselves brethren. They just uh, insisted that they were just uh, uh, Bible-believing Christians, and they didn't really have a name, but the but the uh, the community called them radicals, and um, they just insisted on following only that which which would have biblical support. So they rejected the mass, they rejected the the uh, statues and the images that were in the church, uh, they rejected and and questioned publicly the state church relationship, and of course um, they uh, rejected. Infant baptism. They they urged Wingley to establish a church that was only composed of of voluntary believers, a saved and and baptized church membership, and that was that was a radical thought. Um, and so, by 1523, these young men, these three men, had had become very dissatisfied with the direction that Wingley was going, and uh, he, as I said, been compromised by the city council. Uh, he would never fully reform Switzerland, of course, after the New Testament pattern. But they urged Zwingli again and again to to establish a church of believers, and he refused, fearing what the state what the state would do. Now you might remember last week we talked about uh, Baltizer Hubmeier, and um, he was involved with Zwingli. He was actually from Germany, but he came over to study with Zwingli also. Um, he was very disappointed, and he knew these three men. But he was very disappointed also, and he he went back to Vienna and fully embraced Anabaptist beliefs. Of course, he paid for that with his life back in Vienna, but uh, he also was involved in this in this moment in in, um, in uh, Zurich. Well, the pressure and the and the tensions grew by 1525. Uh, they came, they, all these pressures came to a head in January 1525, and uh, these young men, led by Conrad Grable, um, really uh, made several attempts to plead their position, and there it was decided that they would go to the the city council and and uh, and bring their positions to the city council and try to convince the city council of their biblical positions. Now, something else happened in the meantime. In 1525, a baby was born to the Grables, and Conrad did not baptize the baby because he felt that, or he'd become convinced, of course, that that uh, christening or bap- baby baptism uh, found no support in the in the New Testament whatsoever. And because he was so well known and respected, uh, that caused a great great stir in Zurich that this man would this this very popular man would not baptize his baby as everybody did you know and, and again this is this is foreign to us we can't understand this thinking but this was this was radical and uh, caused a great stir and uh, the city council actually moved against this heretic they call him a heretic and moved against him and they arranged a confrontation between them and Zwingli and Grable and these young men these other, the other two men, in a great public forum. They were going to hold this. And, uh, of course, unknown to Grable, it was a setup. Um, it was not going to be a debate. It was really a trial of his beliefs. And um, 
Um, of course, one of the problems was, and the city council knew this, but, but at this time then, by this time, there was a number of people across the area that were not baptizing their, their newborn babies. So this was uh, a problem that had to be dealt with and dealt with quickly. So on that historic day, January 17, 1525, this great dispute was held, and, and uh, these Bible-believing men gave their, gave, uh, argued their position. Uh, Zwingli, for his part, turned on these men. Um, he advocated only making changes such as the city council would, would approve. He defended infant baptism and said that it was a long-held tradition of course, the Anabaptists insisted, they weren't even known as Anabaptists at that point, but uh, they insisted that, that the only authority uh, was the Scripture, and um, they again advocated setting up independent churches made up of saved, saved church membership. The city council naturally gave the victory, to, the victory to Zwingli, and the next day, the city council decreed that all parents who had, had unbaptized infants were to present them for baptism within eight days or they'd be exiled, uh, exiled from the country. Uh, Grable, for his part, emerged from the trial uh, a great hero of the faith and really a champion of the Anabaptist uh, Reformation. Uh, history would call him the father of the Anabaptists. And um, so the day after the trial uh, was over, it took a few days, that day after the trial, January 21st, after being forbidden by the council to, to meet in any uh, further Bible study meetings, Grable and the despondent group held a secret meeting in the home of uh, Felix Manns and his mother. And uh, they went to their knees for guidance to ask the Lord what to do. Uh, there they could see the end coming. And arising from prayer, George Blaurock, he requested that Conrad Grable baptize him upon confession of faith in Christ. Um, uh, 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 Grable did that. And afterwards, then George Blaurock uh, proceeded to baptize all the others who were present. And they formally organized the first New Testament church in Switzerland, and uh, just a great day, and the Anabaptist movement was born uh, that day. Just a, a wonderful time uh, in in history. Well, um, the uh, 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 Grable, for his part, uh, it's really kind of tragic that he would only live another about eighteen months. Uh, in that eighteen months, uh, what he accomplished is sort of phenomenal. He he preached. He visited door to door in the community. He baptized those who were saved. Um, and um, but with increasingly poor health, he was very young in his thirties. But in increasingly poor health, he was imprisoned a few times. Uh, all three of them were brought to trial. They were all in prison, brought to trial. They were given an indefinite sentence uh, of prison uh, in November fifteen twenty five. They were allowed no visitors. Uh, they were only given bread and water to to eat, and, and we we talked about the deplorable conditions last week of those of those prisons where the dead were locked up with the living. Just a terrible situation. Um, however, the three of them escaped, and um, uh, uh, the last two would be jailed again. But but Grable escaped. However, it was a very short-lived uh, uh, escape or freedom as he died uh, the next summer in 1526, probably of the of the plague. So this morning, we want to thank the Lord for um, this, this man, Conrad Grable, and what he accomplished for the Lord in an amazingly short time, how the Lord used him. And next week, we'll pick up our story of, uh, and follow the other two men, uh, Felix Manns and George Blaurock, and uh, see what the Lord has for them.